0: Good morning, God bless you guys, please flip your Bibles open to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, and say amen when you're there, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I like it. says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's say prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for you. We're thankful that, like Gary said, that you took the ultimate sacrifice, Lord. For our sins, so that we could be with you one day. Where there is no more suffering, where there is no more trials of any kind, Lord, but where we could rejoice and worship 24 7, Lord. We thank you, and if there's any non believers here today, Lord, I hope that they come to know you for the very first time, Lord, not from what I say, Lord, but that they come to have a one on one relationship with you and that they leave here forever changed, Lord. And that they would tell their family and friends how you have changed them, Lord, and no one else. We love you and we trust you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I want to share with you guys. I'm a storyteller. And me and my wife, we having a date night. And uh, I ordered a shirt, and it's not the one I'm wearing today, off of Kohl's Online for Black Friday. Because I hate crowds, right? I hate crowds so much. So we're down, and we're at Kohl's, and this thing is right after Black Friday, and no joke, there's probably 20 people in this line, 20 people long, and one register open. And it wasn't Walmart. You guys know how I always diss Walmart. One register open, Black Friday sale. My patience is getting so worn. I'm with my wife. I want to move to the next place and the next destination. I'm just like, you know what, babe? Forget it. I'm going to leave. I don't want to return this shirt and get my money back. Well, it gets worse. We finally get there after probably at least 30 or 45 minutes of wasting our time. We get there, the reg- and the cashier says, Well, Alan, you, I, you won't, you'll only be able to get like $5 back for this shirt instead of 20 because you don't have your receipt. I'm like, Oh, my gosh. And then to the right of me, to the right of me is a lady, and her name was Jasmine, and she's like, Hey, Alan. I'm like, What the heck? How do you know me? And she's like, I was at your Perseverance Conference. And guess what I did? Oh, God bless you, Jasmine. But how many of us do that? It totally changed me. You never know who's watching you. I was so upset. But yet when I saw Jasmine, she made my whole day change and thought, you know what? This is not being a man of God. I'm not showing my fruit of the Spirit. You never know where people are watching you. You never know where people are watching you. And I'm pretty sure all of us here today have had trials and seasons in our lives where, where everywhere you turn, every single place that you turn, every single thing you touched, every single thing you did that day for a week straight, a month straight, years on end, you couldn't catch a break. And you questioned God and you asked Him, why me, Alan? Why me? Why? Times when you had no idea what the Lord was up to and why He was doing it in the matter that He was doing it. And you might be here today going through that struggle today, and you might have bitterness in your heart. But I'm here to share with you if you're too young and you haven't faced those trials, it's okay. You'll face them one day here on earth. You don't have to sign up anywhere for them, they just come. They just come. And John 16:33 says it, though. So many people think, we're, well, it doesn't say that there's going to be trouble. Oh, it does. It does, in fact. It says, you have trouble many times, but I, as in Jesus, has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He has taken your sin on the cross, was beaten with, bruised, mocked, so we can all join him in paradise where there is no more trials of any kind. We might be here today like myself in need of a miracle. In fact, you've been praying for so long. You've been praying for years and years for a miracle. And you think that Jesus doesn't hear your prayers. Or maybe you're thinking that God doesn't want you healed. But instead, when we pray, maybe we could ask the Lord if he could change us and draw us closer to him so we could handle ...the things that he's walking us through... ...and allow us to be filled with joy of the Holy Spirit... ...while we're enduring these hardships. A little bit about James... ...is he was Jesus' half-brother... ...as Galatians 1:19 tells us... ...it just says, I saw none of the other apostles... ...only James, the Lord's brother. James also was one of the earliest... ...to witness Jesus' resurrection... As it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15:7, it says, Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. You want to know something funny? As James is the brother of Jesus, he was even skeptical of Jesus' ministry. John uh, 7, 2 verses 5 says, But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers, brothers, said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea. So that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. But guess what? This would all would change. All of this would change. James was like, "Wow, I'm not a skeptic anymore, because he was a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So then James, in return, he turned from being a skeptic to a leader in the church based on him seeing his brother, the resurrected Christ. A lot of us here are skeptics of Jesus. When we're in turmoil, when we have trials of many kinds, we're skeptics. A lot of times we have fear. We have doubt. We don't know if he hears us. We don't know if he's with us. But he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. It doesn't say 99% of the time God is with us, but 1% will leave us. But God never leaves us, and he never forsakes us. In this chapter, as you see, James starts off by saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Again, it doesn't say most of the time. But he says whenever you face trials of many kinds, because he knows that we're going to face hardship. Jesus and James knows that we're going to face many trials, but these trials should allow us to draw closer to God and not back away from God. Not have bitterness in our heart and allow us to mold into the man and woman of God that he wants us to be. I know a lot of us here today are facing trials, any from small to big. And you might be questioning, why me? And how am I supposed to be joyful during these circumstances? How can I have joy when my parents have just passed away? How can I have joy when my wife no longer comes to church with me and she no longer believes in Jesus? When I'm losing my house, when I'm losing my car, When I found out that I have stage 4 cancer and the doctors just gave me a few months to live. But, there is always hope. And you can be joyful in these times. Knowing that my circumstances aren't fun. In fact, they stink. They're not fun. But that God loves me. And that no matter what I'm going through, I choose to walk with God. I choose to walk with Him even when there are those days I have fear, even when I have doubt, even when I don't know what in the world Jesus is up to, I choose to walk with Him. I have faith that God is allowing my joy while this pain to maybe benefit others who are believers but need to see your joy. Maybe others who aren't believers but need to be impacted by your story, that you're still trusting God. Even when life is hurting to its fullest, you choose to follow Christ because he knows he loves you. In fact, Romans 8.28 is a great example of this. And it says, and we know, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. James is telling us here in in verse 2 to be joyful, which means when you look back at your entire life that you have gone through, don't just look at those good days. Look at those bad days, those bad weeks, those bad years, and all the bad things that have happened to you along with the good things because they are grooming you. They are grooming you into becoming a better Christian and allowing your faith and walk with the Lord to grow. They are allowing your faith and your walk with the Lord to grow. James tells us what to do in these circumstances, again, which is considered all joy. And then he tells us about trials. Trials of many kinds is this. It's when you're in the midst of trials and you're getting hit literally left, right, center, back, everywhere you go. It's like you're in a boxing rink, just getting hit everywhere you go. You could do no right. You want to pull your hair out because you do not see the end of your circumstances and you just say, Lord, please give me a break. You want to pull your hair out so badly and all you see is darkness and you are nowhere near the finish line of your trial. Sometimes we're in the midst of two trials at the same token. As soon as you're finished with one trial, another trial comes along. As soon as you are figured out one child's routine, the other child's up all night long. Right? As soon as you paid one bill, you get another bill you weren't even expecting. Right after you get your car fixed, it's raining and your roof leaks. Tell us that doesn't happen. And you just found out maybe your sibling has cancer and your parents' marriage. You go to the mailbox and you find out that their marriage is on the rocks and they just got divorce papers. But considerate joy is when your faith is tested. Because it's in those times when your faith is tested that we know that we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that he never leaves us nor forsakes us like I said earlier. And your first thing in your notes will be this. You do not know if your faith is legit and the real deal until it has been tested. You don't know if it's the real deal until it has been tested, or you feel like you can't move anymore. Some of you have depression so bad, anxiety so bad, you can't even get out of bed. But God makes a way. God makes a way. And on a side note, Lord gave me this this morning. If you guys want to write it down, it says feed yourself with faith and joy and your doubt will starve to death. Feed your faith and joy, with faith and joy and your doubt will starve to death. When your faith is tested and you pass the test though, it's worth it because it will make your faith in the Lord grow substantially. It will make your walk with Him grow so much more when you pass the test. We do not really know. We do not really know if God could work a way out of your trials until you're in a trial where only God could work it out for you. Having faith and being tested gives you the ability to trust God even when you don't know Or don't understand what is going on around you. We all, I I love this verse because we could all attest to it. You know, we could all attest to it. And that's why I chose this Bible verse and this passage. And also, this was a passage that I chose for Perseverance Conference. Because every speaker there at every single Perseverance Conference has persevered. But yet, They consider it pure joy because they know that the testing of their faith has allowed them to be the man or woman of God that they are today. Testing us is when we treat our boss right, even when they aren't treating us right. Testing is when our co-workers are cussing us out, but we choose not to, even though you want to. Testing is when we do the godly thing when the devil thinks we'll listen to his lies and sin when it isn't easy to Testing is when we help others in need when we're in need ourselves. When we're in need ourselves. But let's trust God to win our battles. Stop trusting yourself to win your battles. But trust God to defeat your battles. Conquer them once and for all. This life isn't easy. I don't preach about that because I know it isn't. Hello? Look at me. Life is hard, it has its challenges, it has its trials. But you can make your trials a triumph for our Lord and Savior. Continue to persevere, continue to be strong, continue to live for him, continue to put him in the driver's seat of your life. And I'm not here to say that life will get easier, but it will be better because God is for you. God knew you before you were ever even born. You know how much your parents love you? Well, a lot of you say that they love you. And your father, God loves you so much more. God loves you so much more, an infinite amount more, an infinite amount more. First Peter, actually testing too, is when God has helped me hold my tongue when we got rear-ended by a driver who has no insurance, who flew the scene, made us go to the emergency room with really bad injuries, but yet we forgive him. That's hard to do. For me, man, someone does me wrong. I don't know why, but I hold bitterness inside, and it's not right. What are you holding inside here today? First Peter 1, 6 through 9 is a great example of what we should do in hard times. And it says, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuous of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you may not see him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." You guys, even when there's darkness outside in the high desert, there are stars that we can see. Even when it rains and there pours outside, you don't want to go outside, but a lot of times you see a beautiful rainbow. Your pain and your trial, it's not a waste. Allow God to be God and see what he wants from your trial. Instead of blaming God, for allowing us to go through all of these trials of different kinds. Let's see what he wants us to learn during these trials. Can we choose for a minute to trust God and believe his ways are better and higher than my ways? As Isaiah 55.9 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. His ways are always better than our ways. His ways are always better than my ways. A lot of you guys know, and I don't want to even get in the way of sharing my testimony at all, but a lot of you guys know it as Holly shared it. But his ways are so much greater. I always thought that I would be like the next Vince Scully or a professional athlete. But God's ways are way better. And here I am, motivational speaker, and speaking in front of you guys, it's way more rewarding than anything that I ever thought that God had for me. What is it that God has for you that might be a hidden jewel inside your heart that you don't even know what it is yet? Pray and ask for it. This is the same Jesus who shed his blood for us. His body was broken. It was beaten. It was tortured, whipped, and nailed to a cross for you and I. Yet we tend to blame him so easily. This is the same Jesus who actually built room for us in heaven where we don't have to worry about these trials anymore. We don't have to worry about arachnoiditis. We don't have to worry about diabetes. We don't have to worry about affairs. We don't have to worry about suffering. A great example of overcoming trials of many kind and persevering through life's biggest trials is Job. Man, that guy is an awesome character in the Bible. Job, if you don't know a little bit about him, he lost all ten of his children. He lost everything he had. He lost all of his livestock. But he still worshiped God. As Job chapter 1, verse 20 through 22 says, And at this, Job got up, tore his robe, and he shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I want to be like Job. I want to be like that. I can't be upset when I'm in line at Kohl's for 20 minutes, taking back my shirt, people watching me. You never know who you could be a witness to just by a smile on your face. Honestly. If you smile in the midst of your hardship, you could help a non-believer. Trust me. Praise God during the rain because at the end of it, you know there will be a beautiful rainbow. Even if it doesn't happen here on earth, it will happen in paradise and heaven. Praise God when there's darkness because you know that there will be stars. Next in your notes is the testing. The testing of your faith causes perseverance. It, it means... I will continue to walk with God regardless of what my circumstances are. I'm going to keep walking, keep trusting, keep leaning towards God, even though my circumstances are telling me otherwise. Even though my circumstances are crummy, I choose to walk with God. Perseverance means I can still be happy with God. And obey God, even though my trials are hard, because we know that these tests we are going through are to draw, draw us closer to God. And how about this one, next, in your notes, is your greatest faith lessons will be learned in the dark. And what I mean by that, it is when you don't know what in the world God is doing it, how he's doing it, why he's taking so long, when God is actually kicking you off the most is when you got to trust Him even more, because He's doing something you don't know, and so many times the purpose and the plan that God has for your life is completely different, completely different than what you think it is. But I rather have God's purpose and plan that for my life and have all these scars than do the Allen route. Because when I try the Allen route, things don't go good. They might be good for a minute, a day or two, but then I'm not happy. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow God. And actually, while you're here on earth, while you are here on earth, so many people just look forward to going to heaven, yet they're miserable here on earth. But I urge you guys here, while you're here on earth, To maximize your efforts here on earth, plant seeds and allow your fruit that are to be shown to be the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have a question for you guys. You don't have to raise your hand or anything embarrassing like that. But just reflect back at this. When you guys are tested, do you run away from God? with the hardest tests that you've ever been through, like a midterm, like a midterm for your kids, do you run away from God? Does your walk stay the same? Does it stay stagnant? Or do you run towards God? Man, some of us here were really good with school. Some of us here are still really good in school. I'm here to say I was awful in school, except for P.E. I loved sports. I loved to run. I was so athletic, you couldn't tell by my physique now. But I was. At one time. But so many of you kids, man, you guys are so stressed out for these finals, right? You're so stressed out for school and for the biggest test because you want to pass it. You want to be prepared for this test. So when the test comes, some of you were like me, studied and failed anyways. But I'm sure a lot of you prepared so much that you guys, when that test came, you knew every answer or aced the test. But when life tests come, you don't know about what to do. You don't know what to do. Instead, you do the blaming thing because you weren't prepared. Your walk with the Lord wasn't mature yet. We have to be more mature. You guys, I see the church and I see the people inside the church and outside of the church. Sometimes you can't tell the difference. We are hurting and we are broken. We need more of Jesus and less of ourselves. We need to empty ourselves of our sin and give it to God. And not just say, praise God, amen, on Sundays and Wednesdays and then go off living in sin every other day. Perseverance, which also means patience, causes the testing of our faith. And once your faith is tested, it causes perseverance so that you may become a mature Christian. A mature Christian. For instance, now, Finally, at age almost 30, 29, I can reflect back and look back in my life at those times that weren't joyful. They hurt the most. And in the moment, those times that made me cry, that made me mad, that made me question Christ, that made me upset, that, that made me doubt, that made me had fear. When I look back through my life, it made me actually the man of God that I am here today. It made my faith grow substantially. I might be shaken, but I won't be broken down. What can you look back at in your life that ticked you off in the moment, but now you know that that trial wasn't a waste? You know it wasn't a waste and that God has allowed you to suffer. He has allowed you to endure the trial so you can actually learn from it. It's called the test for a reason, because guess what? God wants you to ace the test. God wants you to ace the test. The, test. the trials I hated most, like I said earlier, made me more of a mature Christian today. But trust me, I still mess up just like all of you. You know, while we're in these huge trials, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sister Act. I'm pretty sure it was Sister Act 2. But as Wolfie Goldberg is singing and she's doing this, I'm sure while you guys are in the biggest trials of your life, you're not thinking, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. In fact, you're probably screaming. I'm sure, in fact, you don't understand what God is doing. But, but, God is up to something, and you may not know what it is, but he loves you so much that he thought you were worth it and paid it all. A great example of perseverance is for you mamas, man. Can we give it up for the mommies in here? You guys, pat pat yourself on your back, mommies up there, for sure. I mean, a great example, I mean, Christine, what, like, all the kiddos you had, like, gosh, the pain, right? The nine months, some of them say morning sickness. It ain't no morning sickness, it's all day sickness, right? Like, mm-hmm. And then, talk about labor, and then talk, even before that, the nine months of getting bigger. Not being able to put on shoes yourself, right? Having to take ginger so you feel better and then the labor pains and that ain't fun and squeezing your husband's hand until they're turned blue but but at the end of it comes this beautiful baby the first scream into this life is the most precious thing in this whole world and it's worth it all and if you ask most moms they may not even remember the pain and if they do they would do it all over again just to have another baby a healthy perfect baby. So moms, I give you guys credit. I give you guys credit because I know us men, man, we're wimps when it comes to that stuff. We couldn't do it. That's why God allows you women to do it. I know the ladies are, "Mm mm-hmm. A great example of perseverance, I'll use my Uncle Ken. So he had stage 2 lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymph nodes. Um, He was in remission for quite a while, but we got a phone call not that long ago that it came back, and it came back so strong at stage four. As you guys know here, that means it's spread throughout your whole body. But during it all, he's a huge churchgoer, but more importantly, his walk hasn't wavered. He knows that God could heal him if it's God's will, and he knows that if it's not God's will, he won't heal him, but he knows he'll go to heaven, he'll go to heaven. With that being said, it's so cool. Sometimes he'll give me a call, and he doesn't do it in a boastful way, but he calls me, and he's like, Alan, I just went to church today, and it was so good. Or, Alan, I just helped, and I fed the homeless, and I met some amazing homeless people. Because he has that caring heart. He has that giving heart, and his faith has not wavered since his cancer has been back with stage four. It's pretty amazing to see. I want to share with you three examples that the mature Christian does, which we should all in this room strive to do. The first one, which is in your notes, is the highs and lows of life don't impact your relationship with God. Now, I used to be a huge fan of roller coasters. I don't know about you guys. I used to love roller coasters. My favorite part was ascending all the way to the apex, of the very top, and then stalling for just like a moment or two then taking a free fall, only to begin to start climbing up for the next fall. But what makes roller coasters so awesome is the constant rise and fall. But this is what makes Christianity not awesome. I've seen so many people live for the mountaintop experience. They're up, and then they're down. They're all in, and then they're all out. Maybe they have an emotional high on a winter camp, But when the high wears off, so does their relationship with God because life actually happens. But mature Christians don't ride a spiritual roller coaster. They're consistent. Mature Christians do not allow the highs and lows of life to impact their walk with God. They definitely celebrate the mountaintop moments, but they do not rely on those moments to sustain their faith. Number two in your notes is, you are at peace with situations beyond your control. Then I stop watching the news, really not, I don't watch it very often, not as much as I should, but this is why. We put on the news, you've probably just seen so many murders every single day. You've just watched a downward spiral of our country and everything in between. Are we living in dark times? Absolutely. Are the acts carried out by ISIS cruel? Absolutely. But the mature Christian, I'll say it, the mature Christian doesn't allow the latest buzz on the news to derail their lives. They don't waste time worrying and freaking out over situations beyond their control because guess what? We already have situations that aren't beyond our control that we have to take. But what the mature Christian does is pray hard and they know that God has their back. They act on the situations that they can control But they don't allow a second of their day to be wasted on conspiracy theories or this depressing news because they know that God has them. God's got your back. Stop having fear, anxiety, and depression over stuff you can't worry about. He is sovereign over everything. And when I mean everything, that even includes ISIS. That includes the apparent downfall of America. And as long as God's got them, and God's got you, and God's got this world in his hand. There's no reason to freak out, so relax, relax. The third point is you understand Christianity doesn't have an on-off switch. Living for God is a 24-7, 365 decision, even though we mess up all the time. And what I mean by that is that we sin, of course, but this is what I mean. Spiritual, mature Christians act like he is their life by their actions. Their actions speak louder than their words. I could be up here all day, but if I'm not living for Jesus, I'm a huge hypocrite. Mature Christians are constantly, they're constantly aware of their surroundings, such as Kohl's. Um They're constantly aware of opportunities that God is presenting them to disciple, maybe share, comfort, just love on someone, smile. Be happy. Akuna Matata. Nothing is off limits. The grocery store, the restaurant, this church building, because trust me, just because you came here today, it doesn't make you a believer. They believe God is always working because he's in the work-making, changing hearts business. And they are not going to miss an opportunity, but they will do it with love and aren't pushy. Next time we think that our circumstances are too hard to overcome, remember that God has you in this test for a reason. And it might be so you can actually trust God in that area that you're weak at and where God is testing you at most so you could become stronger in that area. So you could be more of a mature Christian in that area of your life. For me, one of the hardest things to do is to forgive someone who hurt me or my family. It's the Italian in me, I'm telling you. You heard me and my family. Ah, Even now, I'm being honest with you guys, right? It's hard to forgive others. But then I think and I look back and I reflect, man, who am I not to forgive these people? It doesn't mean I have to hang out with them every minute of every day if they weigh down my walk with the Lord. But the Lord forgives us when we ask for repentance. Give it up to Jesus, man. He forgives us. He died on the cross for our sins so that we could join him in heaven. And that's awesome. And I want to see all of you there. I want to see all of you guys there. As every day goes by, we should want to keep growing with God and walking with him more and more. We should want our, more, we should want our walk to be more consistent with God. And no matter the circumstances that come our way, I hope we could say this isn't easy. It's hard because I'm the first to share with you that it is, like I said, but in fact, I may not understand it, but I trust you, Lord, that something good will come from it. Something good will come from this. It might be years down the road. I want us to be in a place where circumstances, they don't hinder our walk with the Lord, but allow us to draw closer to the Lord. At this point in time, if Pastor Dane and the leaders could come up at time of invitation, um... And I just want to share with you guys something. You might be here today, and you might think, as Gary said, which is crazy, you might think, man, my sins are too far for God. My sins are too bad for Jesus. But as Gary shared, we all sin on a daily basis. It doesn't matter what you came here with today. You could leave it in the past, and that's why it's called past for a reason. You could start a new life with Jesus Christ today. And I hope you make that decision if you walked in here today and you didn't know Jesus. He knew you. He knew the mess that we were going to be. Yet he still chose to die for our sins because he thought we were that important for him. That he died on the cross for our sins. He knows you by name. And I wouldn't be who I was today if it wasn't for the scrapes, bruises, bumps in the roads called life. I would not be sharing in front of you, that is for sure, and I don't know who I would be today, but I know that I definitely would not be here in front of all of you. So God bless you guys. I'll meet you down here. If you need prayer of any kind, any kind, if you're hurting, broken, trials of any kind and need any prayer request, we'll be down here to pray for you. If you backslid and you're like, you know what, I know I have trials of many kind, I know that I am not walking with Christ. I know that my walk is not consistent, and I'm not becoming a mature Christian. In fact, I'm blaming God for these circumstances. And you know that the Holy Spirit is here today. He's alive and well. And he works for the good of those who love him. Then you come. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Dane. You're awesome, man. And, um... May we remember to always walk in faith and fight the good fight. God bless you guys.